This After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Universal After Dark, a universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Hi and welcome to this week's Universal After Dark. I'm your host as usual, Amanda, and I'm joined today by Craig. Hello. Paul D. Howdy doody. Oh wait, I'm in Paul D. Whatever that, I'll, I'll answer to anything. <laughs> and Chris, both please back from his holiday. <sighs> Good evening, one and all. Yes, we're so glad to have you back. We've really missed you. Oh, I missed you all too. Oh, oh, so emotional. <laughs> Do you know okay. he was on? He was on Diz After Dark the other day. Dead quick. Uh-huh. The figures have gone through the roof. He's like no. the, he's like the English Jim Hill. Well. Well, Well, we are glad to have you back. And we know that if you listen to the last Diz After Dark episode, you'll all know too that Chris has got a whole bunch of things he's going to tell us about about his trip. But before we get to that, we'll start the show like we always do with what we're drinking. So, Craig, what are you drinking? Twining's English breakfast tea. Well, it's not breakfast time. It is for me, because I'm on nights tonight, and I'm drinking it from my T2 3D Universal mug. Oh, boo-hoo, T2, we barely knew ye. Two tea bags I have to put in this. Two whole tea bags. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Would you like? That's why it's T2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Sounds delightful. <laughs> okay, Paulie D. I'm, uh, I've got a bottle of Jean-Claude Van Damme Coors, Coors Light. Yes. Comes straight from the ice cave. <laughs> Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm just enjoying some Coke this evening. so <laughs> boring. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the liquid variety. I was going to say, a bit of howdy under your nose there, sir. Well, I'm kicking it old school and I've gone back to Bud Light. Hey. I'm still hoping for that sponsorship. It's been a mm, long time but, coming, but like, come on. You're on the light tonight. We on might the get a fridge magnet. What well, yeah, you'd think so. But I was drinking Bud Heavy a few mm. days ago and I've decided actually I've got six months until my next holiday, so um I should really not should really not be like that. So going with the light version and I might have a salad. Yeah, no Maybe. chips. <laughs> no <laughs> chips tonight. That's how you know that I'm being real. I haven't even had any chips. 
I did have some um, nachos, though. I'm in the wrong job, I tell you. I need to get a job as a girl. <laughs> Holidays to Florida every six months. I'm doing something wrong. No, no, you're doing something right because you've got a whole family. I could trade them in, couldn't I? You could trade them in. If you just be a lone rider like me, then you only have to pay for yourself, so... Hang on a second, Greg. How long has it been since you've been to Florida? Two, <laughs> two months. And the time before that? Three months. I rest my case, you know. <laughs> uh, I'll go and get me coke then. All right, then. <laughs> okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kick us off with a little tiny bit of news because there's not much to go over with these two bits. But I just wanted to get them out there because um, they kind of happened just after we recorded last week. And then after that, we'll get into all the juiciness of Chris's trip. So... The first little bit is that Universal announced their two new hotels that are going to be built on the old wet and wild land. So I think we were all expecting maybe one big hotel, but they put out there that we're expecting two. And there's going to be an awful lot of rooms. These are going to be pretty big hotels. So the first one is going to have 2050 rooms and the second one is going to have 750 so the 750 one is kind of about the size of Aventura to put that into um, some kind of perspective what does that that take the whole resort up to then about 9000 yeah, close to 9,000, I'd say, because you've got Sapphire Falls, Cabana Bay has just added the two towers, Portofino, Hard Rock, Pacific. Yeah, it's got to be probably about nine or 10,000 now, easily, Yeah, with these it, two anyway. It takes it to about a third of Disney. And what's the capacity for the parks? Like Off my head, do not know. But I can try and find it while we're talking. Um, but with these two hotels, the only kind of benefit that they're going to have is the early park admission. So similar to Aventura and Cabana Bay. But that leaning to what you're getting at, Craig, if all of these hotels can have early park admission, is it going to be a benefit anymore? Hmm. Because that's like 9,000 rooms. And if each room's got maybe four people in. Because they don't open the, the whole park, do they, for the early park admission? No. It's, and they don't, they don't open both parks either? No. So you could potentially have 9,000 people all traipsing down to Harry Potter. That's it. And even in the last maybe year or two, Early park admission is a lot busier than what it used to be. Don't get me wrong, it's it's like it's quiet, but it's busier than in the past. So maybe something has to change in respect that both parks might have to open early. Doesn't they Volcano Bay open early as well to hotel guests? Yes. But you're not going to get 3,000 people all traipsing down there, are you? I mean, I, I feel as though... Volcano Bay wouldn't get as many people utilising the early park admission compared to something like Diagonale or Hogsmeade. 
So you're talking what eight thousand people are are bailing into Harry Potter. So they've got to at some point they've got to open both parks, and it's got to be a full park opening for me. Yeah, yeah, they've got to do if that's if that's what their main benefit's going to be, and every hotel can can use it, then I think they've got to open open up the park. Even if they do just do one park, open up the whole park. What what about um, the fast pass situation? So the only hotels that are going to have fast pass still are Hard Rock, Royal Pacific, and Portofino. Ah, okay. So, this is going to be priced at value, aren't they? Yeah, so this one is going to have room rates starting under $100 per night. So that's cheaper than Cabana Bay and Aventura. So they'll be the cheapest of the hotels. Wow. And from the artwork, it's going to have like a a coastal, coastal theme. So like beachy. It doesn't look too, too themed. Not in the same way as like Banner or Sapphire Falls, but it is going to be a, a more budget-friendly hotel. I mean, they are really going after those sort of scrappy hotels on International Drive, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Those ones that are really close to Universal but aren't that great, who used to have sort of partnership agreements, didn't they, with Universal years ago? But I bet you that's all out the window now. It's got to be. It's got to be. I think Universal are after taking over everything surrounding. Mm. So they've bought the land on iDrive. They're going to be building the new park down there, and then they're taking over the hotels on iDrive too. Yeah. See, the the thing was with like Disneyland in California, which has got a similar situation where they don't own everything around them. Those hotels that were around Disneyland survived because Disneyland was so expensive. But if you've got hotels that Universal are building that are going to be real economy focused, um, then they haven't got a chance, have they? No. No, exactly. No. And less than $100 per night is a bargain. Yeah. That's what's, crazy. What's the, the traveling time? Well, they're going to provide free a free coach over the same kind of buses that um, they use for Volcano Bay and from Cabana Bay, and it'd take maybe about five ten minutes. Because uh, Cabana Bay takes it's a good ten minutes, isn't it? Yeah, and that's quite close. It's really close, in fact. Mm. But they, what, they're pretty close, though, aren't they? Yeah. Well, it's it's where Wet and Wild was, so yeah, I'd say maybe like ten minutes to get onto Universal property, and I'd say maybe about fifteen minutes, twenty minutes to get to the drop off at City Walk. Did you have the vintage Cabana Bay buses when you were there? No, they were the Minions ones. We had third party buses. Oh, really? Yeah, just like white coaches. Well, actually, I did see them, but I saw them at Sapphire Falls. And where's the Cabana Bay buses gone? That looked like 1950s buses. I hadn't seen them for a long time. I didn't even see them in May. Yeah. But to be honest, I don't don't use those buses. So do you walk or do you get on the boat? 
I walk for the most part, but if I'm like not feeling the walk, I just walk to Sapphire Falls and get the boat. Don't know if that's like completely allowed. I don't see why not. But um, I like I really like the walk. I love the walk. Yeah, I think it's nice. And by the time you've waited for a bus and then sat on the bus and then walked all the way through City Walk, you could have just walked. If it's a nice day, it's fine. Yeah, I agree. Boy. You're not going to be able to walk from these hotels, no. though, are you? No. Well, I know people that well. have stayed on... Well, <laughs> I don't know people that want to have stayed on International Drive and walked to Universal or... When people that I know are like, oh, yeah, I'm, we're really close to Universal, so I'm going to walk. I'm like, not really, not really all that close because you've got to like, cross a, a big main road and then you've got to walk all the way through. Like, I don't think it's a good idea. But I think it's only about a half an hour walk. Did you see the one of the latest tracker videos? Um he went round Volcano Bay the other day and I think he walked out back to the car park rather than get a bus. Hmm. And he he couldn't cross the main road. You had to walk over the official walking route. Oh, between um, between Sapphire Falls and Cabana Bay. Yeah. Yeah. So you you are supposed to walk around that. But if you right, I'm not I'm not telling people to cross the road here. Like that's no, definitely not. But what I'm saying is that Universal probably should have done the walkway a little bit better. Because when you are using the walkway, you kind of have to loop right back on yourself. And it adds about 10 minutes onto the walk. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not saying cross the road, but I am saying Universal maybe should have done just a straight a straight bridge across. Just a bridge, yeah. Because he goes yeah. all the way round, doesn't he? And then uh-huh. he, he goes over the, um, the jungle bridge or whatever it's called. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, love, I do love that bridge. It is nice and it is a really nice walk, but after doing it for like a week, you're like, why? Why Why wouldn't they just build a straight bridge? <laughs> but they have got signs everywhere now like, do not cross, danger, danger. Whereas before they didn't have anything, so people used to just leg it across the road. Now they have got signs everywhere saying not to. Or even if they just did an actual crossing. Even that's open though, isn't it? Because car- you can't trust cars. You can't, but I mean, it's it's better than people are crossing the road anyway. Like the do- like, you see them all day doing it, and they if... they did add a fence a little bit of the way, but clearly not enough to stop people from crossing it. So if they if they're gonna do something to solve it, it's either build another bridge or put some traffic lights in and do a crossing. And I think it would be cheaper to just do a crossing. So if they, if you were staying at Cabana Bay and you uh-huh. were in City Walk and you got to the bus stop and it was a half hour wait, say, uh-huh. would you wait for half an hour or would you walk it? I would walk it. Yeah. Do you think like, that's because that's us as a nation? We always prefer to walk. Maybe, yeah. but as well yeah. as like the way that I see it is. I've come on holiday to experience lovely sunny weather and I can either sit on a bus full of sweaty people that have been to a park all day who probably <laughs> smell really bad or I can enjoy the sunshine and walk. Yeah. And it's like sweaty at the end minutes. of it. Yeah, I'll, like, I'll be sweaty at the end of it but then no one will see me because I'm going back to my hotel. But it, it's a nice walk. It's enjoyable. 
So I would much that, prefer we? Well, yeah, we, we rarely ever saw anyone else doing the walk, but me and Ash were there, like, power walking to the park early in the morning and then slowly <laughs> walking back at the end of the night. But I think it's it's nice, and I think it's definitely worth trying at least once if you're usually a bus kind of person. Try the walk, because it's lovely. Get your Fitbit on and walk. Boom. Yeah, exactly. Or just carry your iPhone. Carry I think... Steps. We, well, me and Stuart did it on um, the live show we put out two years ago, and we I got to the I walked and I got to the Globe first, and it was bang on one mile from Cabana Bay to the Globe. Blimey, one mile, and it took about I can't remember about seventeen minutes, and Stuart was about five minutes behind me, and he had to wait for his bus to get semi full before he went. Yeah. Because that's it. By the time you have sat there and waited for that bus, you, you could be halfway there. But I, I don't know if I would use these new hotels. This is what I'm thinking. Like, I honestly, as much as I love Cabana Bay and I really, really do love it and I love the Lazy River and I love the theme, when I was walking home at night, I was thinking, I should have just paid an extra like £200 to see the Sapphire Falls. So how much is Cabana Bay a night then, roughly? It's about 120. Right, and it's quite a bit closer than these new hotels are going to be? Quite a lot closer. Yeah, yeah we, me and Nick, we our rooms are $400 for the three nights, Cabana mm-hmm. Bay. Yeah. But Cabana Bay would be the perfect hotel if they give some sort of express pass. In the deal. I don't think that they need it. Like I don't think Sapphire Falls need it either. Um, I, the I, I just, I just, yeah. I think if they gave express passes, you'd get loads more people who go and stay at Disney for the whole trip, and then they'll go and book one night at Hard Rock to get two days worth of express passes. You'd just get a mass amount of them yeah. coming over and booking a cheap room in, in Cabana for the same thing. If I ever do Halloween Horror Nights again, I'd consider Cabana Bay. Um, but when I'm going with the Fambo, it's got to be hard rock every time. Just cover the location. That's it. Like, that's honestly the only thing that puts me off the new ones. I think that they're going to be really nice hotels, and I think they'll be really fun, and I think they'll be really beneficial for a lot of people. But I like getting to and from the park as quickly as I can. And is Hard Rock the cheapest of the, the other three then, the Port Vino and no, the Royal it's just Pacific. the closest. Right. I think it's the second most expensive. Mm. Right. But I think it depends as well when you're booking it because sometimes I've found that the others are a little bit cheaper or a little bit more. When this, this year in August was the first time we've really had a nice drink at the side of the pool and you do start to feel like a rock star. Mm-hmm. So I'm all for it. Yeah, exactly. I love Hard Rock. Hard Rock is definitely my favourite on-site hotel. But I can't... If I want to go multiple times in a year, I can't justify how much extra I'm paying. Because I don't use the express passes. Mm. If you stayed at... Uh, one of these new hotels and you drove would you get free parking? No. No? 
Okay. Well, I mean, I don't think that's been announced yet, but the thing is with the with the on-site hotels, you'll get free parking in the park, but you'll mm-hmm. pay to park at the hotel every night. Yeah, right. we so, were tw- $22, I think. Yeah. yeah. $22 a night to park $22 there. a night. Uh-huh. And Cabana oh, okay. Bay is, I think, 12 yeah. But Sapphire Falls is about 20 or 22 as well. So, from uh, Wet n Wild's old entrance gates to the valet bus drop-off area, that's exactly a mile. Uh, that's not too bad, Dan. So, if it was pedestrianised, and I don't know if it is pedestrianised, because there's, you know, there can be a bit, it's a bit funny out there, then in theory, you could walk it, and it could be kind of similar distance as Cabana Bay. Hmm. But then there's a giant road in the middle. There are, yeah, two giant roads in the middle, yeah. But that's honestly the only thing that puts me off. Like, I want to, I will stay there to try it. Like, I'll stay in Adventura to try it. But I just want to be as close as I can. And I mean, I just, I don't know if I'd stay that far away from a whole trip. I mean, that is the I-4, isn't it, that runs along well, there, it's isn't it? Well, International Drive. you got I-Drive. Where's the so, I-4 at, then? I'm just looking at the map. Oh, it is the I-4. Yeah, it is. Oh, so that would be a bridge or a tunnel, and you wouldn't have a tunnel. It'd have to be a bridge. It'd be tunnels a bridge. would flood. Mm. It'd be a big, massive bridge. It'd be boss. It'll have a load of jungle over it. <laughs> a load of jungle. But, Bam. yeah. I think it'll be... I think they'll be really good, and I honestly think that they're going to do really, really well. And I think it's what Universal needs. Maybe the future-proofing... Future... Oh, my goodness. It's easy for you to say. <laughs> Future-proofing themselves for um, any third gate that's announced shortly. Well, that's it, because then this host, these two hotels will be in the middle of both parks, then. Both, both resorts, even. So it's like a nice kind of stopgap in the middle. And I'm sure that they'll utilise the space that they've got down near the convention centre and build hotels down there too which will have their own benefits to the new parks well they they would have to give express to the new park wouldn't they so they would have to be posh hotels well they could do it in the same way that they've done it with the original resort where they have the the posher hotels and then they have the more budget friendly hotels yeah be boss but I think Universal is going to keep on growing and growing and growing, and I think they're doing everything in a really interesting way, and I like, I really like it. I love the way that they're moving, and it's making me dead excited for the future. Like this can only mean massive things for them. Is yeah, there expectations? Like nine thousand, and then probably more. In the next few years, brooms. They're, they're just going to do huge things. 
what's it going to do though to the, the the international drive area? Because there's there's no right or wrong way to do Florida, is there? You know, you've got your villas, you've got your hotels, you've got your on site, your off site, your budget, your expensive. Disney and Universal doing this, yes, it's good for the people who who go there, but for everyone else, there could be quite a few hotels going under here. The thing is, though, like on International Drive, there's there's hotels that you can find that are like seven hundred pound for two weeks, and they'll always have that 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 budget market who want who know that they're only sleeping in the room. They don't want fancy benefits and they don't want fancy theming. They just literally want a, a place they can go and sleep at night. And so I think iDrive will always have that, and that's good. But I don't see the harm in in Universal branching out onto iDrive. If you want to stay in a in a Radisson or in a Marriott, you're you're gonna always just stay in a Radisson and a Marriott. You're not you're not gonna want to go for a themed hotel. Maybe. Yeah, I think there will also always be people that will yeah. buy like a package. From a travel agent for a for a kind of non non themed hotel. Oh yeah, there's plenty of travel agents. I think we'll keep them going for sure. Yeah, exactly. And even like just budget savvy people, like like I was just saying, that literally will just be in the hotel to sleep, and they'll think, why why should I pay an extra thirty forty dollars a night for another same same kind of frills hotel that just has a theme over it? Why should I pay that extra if I'm just going to sleep in there? And that's what you get now with people who, you know, they won't they won't pay a little bit extra to stay at Cabana Bay because that extra that they'd spend, they could spend for a day. That Well, that might pay for the universal tickets. To me, it's a false economy, though, as well, because I put a value on my time. And mm. to, to stay on property gives you the location and it gives you daily park admission, and it gives you front-of-the-line passes depending on your hotel. Whereas if you're staying on International Drive, you've got to accept that a lot of your holiday is going to be spent travelling. Yeah. I feel like, I, honestly, I've stayed on International Drive multiple, multiple times, and I've never had a bad experience staying on International Drive. And if I was travelling to Universal, it would honestly probably take me about as long as it does me to get from Cabana Bay. It's a, well, I mean, we we love the villa holidays as well. Um, check out yourluxuryvilla.com. There you go, Morag. <laughs> we stayed in um, Claremont. We stayed there three times, and it's quite close, but it's still down International Drive. Uh, no, sorry, it's down the one nine two, and it's depending on how your traffic lights run and everything like that. It's forty minutes to get to Disney. Or it's twenty minutes to get to Disney. Yeah, that's it. Like I've stayed in the villas before, and I, on as much as I enjoyed having my own space and having my own little pool and stuff like that, and there were such good benefits to it, I'd rather not spend that time traveling to parks. <laughs> yeah, like I, I literally, but I get up at seven o'clock in the morning and I'm at the park straight away. And then I sometimes won't come home until 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And I just want to be able to walk like five minutes and be in my hotel. I stayed in a uh, villa in 
Orlando that advertised that it was five minutes from Disney. The only problem was I needed a Concorde to get there in five minutes. Mm. Well, that's what there they advertise. Are, well, there are some that are pretty close, though. That, like Windsor Hills are on there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean like the 192 area, they're really close, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So you, you can say, get close. They say they're close, but it's close to Disney property, not to the mm. theme park entrance. Disney yeah. property. Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, those ones like Windsor Hills, they're they're close to the Animal Kingdom. Um, it's you know it's a fair hike to the Magic Kingdom, but hey. then it, it is from from like the Animal Kingdom Lodge or the All Stars, you know. Hey, Sherbourne Road, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Does anyone know what Sherbourne Road is? No. No. Sherbourne Road is like the back door to Disney World. I think it's a staff road, but it's a public road, so you can use it, but it's mostly staff. Literally, from the 192 to Animal Kingdom, you're talking seconds. We've oh. we've come off the 192 a couple of years ago, and we, we come into Disney via the back way. Mm. Um, the sat-nav was taking us this way, and we were cacking ourselves. Wait, is that the way where you go past the fire, the fire station that looks like a barn? Uh, no, that's over near uh, Bulldog. Yeah, that's that's the one that goes takes you to. Uh, this was West, all. This was all like mesh fencing and all types of stuff you'd see on the Walking Dead, or like <laughs> big square buildings. I and, think that's Sherbourne. Yeah, <laughs> that's Sherbourne. Every time you're saying that, I'm thinking Sherbert. Orange yeah. Sherbert. <laughs> Sherbert Fountain. <laughs> that's all I keep thinking. But yeah, I, I'm going to try these hotels. They are going to be taking bookings early next year and should be open for summer 2019. So I'm going to try Aventura in September. And I think I'm going to stay there for my whole trip in September. I'm undecided yet because I will really miss Cabana Bay's Lazy River, which Aventura doesn't have. Um, so I might maybe do a split trip between maybe two or three different on-site hotels in September. But then the year after, I'm definitely going to try these two new hotels. They're not named yet, so that's why it's taken a long time for me to say, and these two hotels, and these two hotels, because they just don't have names. Goofy and Pluto. Oh, wrong, mm. wrong franchise. Oh. <laughs> but speaking of franchises... We've had some artwork for Fast and Furious, right? I am mildly excited about this. Oh, yeah. Everyone else in the in the community is up in arms at how poo it potentially looks. <laughs> but but after riding Kong, Kong was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And so was Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. And- so Fast and Furious Supercharged, from the artwork anyway, I'm getting the impression that we're not going to queue. No, queueless. So we're going to do the same kind of system as Jimmy Fallon, and then we'll be in one big room where we can just look at super cool cars the entire time. Yeah, I haven't got I'm down with that. I'm so down with I'm not even really a car person, but I'm down. Yeah. I'm not even really a big fan of the films, like... I can take them or leave them. But I yeah, think I'm, that this is going to be a cool ride. I've I'm seen excited. the first six films. 
I haven't seen the, the one where Paul Walker died halfway through it. So I haven't seen... Is it number eight was the last one or number nine? Eight, I think. Eight. <laughs> so they're doing ten, aren't they? So this franchise isn't going anywhere. And there's a spin-off film getting made now with The Rock. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. So this franchise is staying. And maybe the graphics look a bit shoddy. But that's because it's being shoehorned into... Um, California's Universal, I reckon. I think it's going to be fantastic. Well, I read... Well... Uh, well, <laughs> I read earlier this week that, it, you know, it is kind of, like, taken from the California ride. Mm-hmm. But with added things in it, like, the same way that Kong was done. It's the same the ride vehicles ride as this. Kong, isn't it? Yeah. So it's the same ride as Kong which is the same in California, basically, but it's part of the tram tour over there. But when I've looked at the artwork and they've got the kind of loading bay image, I get a really strong confrontation vibe from that picture. Chris Ripley, have you seen it? Chris Ripley's making lots of painful noises. <laughs> I don't want to be Debbie Downer, so just don't, just don't talk to me. Well, like, that well. Picture, I'm getting a good vibe from it. I think if it smells like confrontation, we're on to a winner. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to disagree. I am not going to disagree with my bestie. <laughs> oh, well, that makes a change recently. Did you uh, manage to see anything of Fast and the Furious while you were over there, Chris? Well, only that the exterior is all finished, isn't it? Literally just you didn't get to poke around or... Uh, no, no. We walked around the side of it, but not. We didn't go in there or anything like that. Oh. Right. I have got a question for you guys. Like, I just want your opinion on it, really, because I'm, I'm unsure. But, you know, all the buildings that are next to where they're building it. And so they've got, like, the Ghiardelli building. <laughs> and, like, the, the toilets. And then, love it, further down, you've got the earthquake entrance. Are they going to knock all that down? For what? Sorry. To reveal Fast and the Furious? Yeah, so, like, to reveal the entire warehouse. Is all Are all them buildings going to be knocked down? That's a good question, now. Because I honestly feel like they're gonna. And I feel like it'll be like a last-minute job. And that would open up that narrow corridor. Because <laughs> that's a bit of a bottleneck. That's where the uh, rather disappointing alien encounter thing was, at Halloween yeah. Horror Nights. But and then it... what's that going to do for San Francisco? Um, be half of San Francisco. I think... I'm right in saying that behind all that, there's loads and loads of offices. Oh. Really? Well, are they going to get rid of them too? Well, again, I mean, nothing's off the table, I wouldn't have thought. But would they... Are you meaning that this could be a new expansion pad? Is that what you mean? I mean, and like that warehouse bit, right, is gigantic. And it goes right the way down that whole side. It looks like Beetlejuice is still there, doesn't it? That's the impression you get, even though it's not. Yeah. Yeah, like the the wall comes out, and then you've got all like what the Ghiardelli building, you've got the toilets, and then you, a little bit further down, you've got the earthquake entrance. 
but it's like that's all poking right out and then it seems like it's ages until the building starts like the warehouse building and I really honestly feel like they've been doing all this scrim work on the front of disaster and I think they're like prepping it to knock it down Mm. they've done a lot of work making that warehouse look old and weathered and and it's half hidden behind the other buildings, isn't it? That's it. So that that's what makes me feel even more like they're gonna knock it down. And when you look at some of the artwork, you can see the warehouse, but you can't see where those buildings are. As if they're just not gonna be there. Well, quite interestingly, oh. I found a secret restroom. Where? Well, <laughs> You know where next to Mummy there's those like, arcades? Yeah. yeah. There's a public restroom behind there with a door that's set right back. Where? So, mind blown. Mind blown. So you know you've got the statue of, is it Lou Wasserman, isn't that the statue? Yeah. So if you're looking at Lou face on, to your right there's a place with like fruit out the front and inside yeah. it sells... Is it pizza? I can't remember now. Yeah, Liz. Yeah, so then if you go down towards the mummy, there's a gap. Then there's the arcades bit that's attached to the mummy. And then there's the mummy. Well, behind those arcades, along that side section of the building, there is a door that sets back with like a rounded entrance. Are you talking about the Gotham toilets? Yeah, I suppose that's what they're called. Oh, they're the Gotham toilets. That's the smoking area. I no, always I poof smoke. around the world there. I love them <laughs> toilets. If you sit in that smoking area at Halloween Horror Nights, you see all the cast changes. It's boss. They're brilliant. Like, they're my favourite toilets in Universal. The Gotham yeah. Ice toilets. Company, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Bloody hell, Chris. God, Chris, you know nothing, Chris, no. I've never been in the smoking area before. You know nothing, Chris, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they're, they're good to us, and they're always empty as well, always, because, like Chris, no one knows about them. No one knows. I, I feel ashamed for bringing it up now. <laughs> Everyone's going to start using them. People are going to just start making a smoke in the smoking area. I mean, Craig's never going to have a quiet dump again. <laughs> I always find a quiet place. <laughs> Always. Even if it's not a restroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find more artwork for Fast and Furious Supercharged so I can see if there's anything about these buildings, but I'm, I feel pretty, pretty much convinced that they're going, honestly. That would be majestic, that. It would literally free up a great big area. And I think it would surprise a lot of people too, honestly. They could put a load of arcade uh, games in there. Um, no. Or <laughs> no. oh, restrooms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> More toilets for Chris, please. <laughs> but that's that's pretty much all I've got for the news bit. I had a little bit on the Christmas decorations that have all gone up in Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley. They look beautiful. They look absolutely stunning. I'm really sad, actually, that 
I never managed to make it out for Christmas because it it just looks so beautiful. And all the preparation that they're doing for the Harry Potter Christmas stuff. Like, I'm really sad that I'm not going to see that. And I can't wait to see everyone's videos on it. And I'm sure that Luke will go out and get some footage for us. But that just won't compare to being there in real life. And I'm gutted. I don't know what the... Have have you seen any of the test projections on the castle? I saw when they were kind of doing actual test images, like not images that they were going to use, but like squares. Yeah, I've seen that. I was like, what's this? Uh Uh-huh. It's rubbish. But uh, doesn't that start this Saturday? I think so. I'm pretty sure that it starts this Saturday. If not, it's next weekend. But I'm, I'm fairly positive that it's this Saturday that it starts. So we don't have long to wait to see it. But um, if you're heading out there and you're listening to this now, let us know what it's like because I'm very sad. Is it going to be Tree of Life style random or is it going to be set show times? I think it's going to be random. Because otherwise, I think that would be it's such a tight, compact yeah. area anyway. To get people all there putting all their blankets down and, and drinking their butterbeer waiting, it'd be a freaking nightmare. Yeah, I just I don't see how logistically it could work if they had set times. I think it's gotta be random. I mean yeah. we'll we'll find out next week anyway, but I'm like I'd say random. That's so <laughs> random. Come on, Chris. Random. Tell us all your secrets, Chris. Okay, right. I didn't know until this vacation how much of a secret, quiet theme park war is going on right now. Mm. Um, Well, obviously, we know Disney back in D23 set out their mission statement that they're going to build this, they're going to build that, they're going to do this to Epcot. And since then, they've kind of gone, well... We could probably use the money to build another DVC or we'd do another hotel. Maybe we'd just build another car park. And and they've kind of, I wouldn't say reneged on things, but they've kind of gone a little bit cold on some stuff. And there was a lot of stuff that wasn't announced, which should have been announced, but they haven't announced it, so we don't know if that's coming as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas Universal, on the flip side of the coin, they're, they're like... The, the swift fox that's running up the inside whilst the big bloated Disney is sort of sweating and trying to grasp at straws. Universal are whipping up the inside. And really, Disney have got a, a hell of a lot to lose because Universal are going to be cutting into that market share with what they're doing. They are seriously investing and going guns. At the, I mean, it's war is on. Universal are really going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they they are doing so many things right now. I don't know what they are. All I'm told is there are so many things that are currently being planned and wills in motion that they are incredibly serious about getting off the ground, which will literally wipe the floor with anything that Disney offers. I will. very, very much agree with with that. Already, I agree with that. Just purely based on Pandora. Yeah, I, I loved it. It was nice. 
and I'm like I never would say negative things about work that people have done it's like and I, I have nothing negative to say about it however I don't think that it compares to things like Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley <sighs> I think it's, it's better along. no you're wrong oh dear well I don't I don't think it's as big, you know. I mean, Avatar just isn't as big a franchise as no. as Potter. However, you didn't write Flight of Passage, Amanda. That's that, right, I did. That is the best thing in Pandora. It's best and it's thing one of the read. best thing. Yeah, it's one of the best things in anything part right now. I'm sure that it's a fantastic ride, and I'm re- I'm really really sad that I didn't get to ride it. But just purely based on like walking into a land. Yeah. Yeah, it's not as it's, I don't think it's as big as Potter, but then they've got Star Wars coming. So I think yeah. you said before it was only a and these really new placeholder. Un- these new Universal things are they going to be involving three D glasses? Uh, probably, no. yeah. I mean, four D glasses. Well, we've heard whispers that the, the Mario Kart attraction they're building is meant to be like the next level attraction, a bit like the Spider-Man attraction was back in the the 90s when it opened. Um, nobody quite knows how to describe it, which I've, I've heard whispers that don't quite know what, how to get it off the ground. <laughs> so, hmm. uh, But the, the point is, though, if you take Avatar, from the moment that they announced it was coming, bearing in mind they already had a good 18 months behind that announcement, to the point upon which Avatar opened... That was six years, plus the, the months we didn't know about. The Wizarding World, for example, was half that. It was three years. Maybe. So I don't know exactly why it takes Disney literally twice as long to do anything. But if that is the case, and now Universal are more cash-rich like we know they are, and now they've got land that they've purchased... They're going to seriously be cutting into the market share in central Orlando. And the other thing that's going to happen with this sort of perfect storm, if you like, is the fact that Disney will come to a point where things will start to slow down on their side of the fence because things like DVC aren't going to last forever. Um, And it's all right, keep building hotels which is their main priority, whether they're DVC or not, and they keep extending hotels as well. That's their, their plan. But people need more new things to see. And just building one small Star Wars world, as good as any Star Wars world will be, I don't think that's going to cut it. I agree with that. And I also feel like, how long before Universal have their own version of DVC? Well, it was talked about pre-recession. Uh-huh. So now that they're building all these extra hotels and they have all this extra land, and, you know, one of these hotels is only 750 rooms. Aventura is about the same. Could they not possibly have Aventura as maybe their own version of a DVC? Or maybe just some of it, half of it. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, they're doing such big things over the next few years, and I think they're just going to be doing more and more. And you're right. It, like, it is so competitive between them now. 
between Disney and Universal. And honestly, I think Disney should be worried. I would be worried for them because if they start to lose market share, um, I mean, literally because also is Universal is stealing the market share, if you like, of International Drive with the hotels. They've already kind of stolen the market that really went to SeaWorld. Mm-hmm. And other smaller attractions have never really been much of a um, thing to be concerned about. And Disney have everything to lose right now. And Universal only has everything to gain. Yeah. And also, like, going back to what we were saying on Diz After Dark, the way that the parks were just so ridiculously busy. Yeah. I think that Disney needs a brand new park. I I think that will possibly be the only way they will combat all of this. Yeah. And it needs to be something quick. And, you know, if Disney have got the money and Universal have done it, like when they were building Volcano Bay, those workers were there all day, all night. Yeah. So why why is it taking Disney twice as long to do stuff? I mean, I don't know the answer to that, to be honest with you. I mean, if it was me, I would have saved Star Wars probably for another whole gate. At least that way you're making people pay for a full ticket to go there. Uh-huh. Um, rather than go to the studios anyway. Yeah, but putting Star Wars as its own gate has got the same pedals as putting Harry Potter as its own gate. Well, I mean, I, do, I don't think it needs to be just a, just a Star Wars park, but they could have saved it for a part of another park. But they, they sort of are doing it with Star Wars anyway, with this luxury hotel. Because they're going to, you don't just stay in that hotel. Obviously, you've you've got this story that you're going to act out, but that's going to involve you going into the land as well and going onto the rides as part of your story. I think that's great idea, and I think they'll charge a premium for it. But what sort of capacity can you have if everybody has a unique story? That hotel can only really be small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I don't know how many it is, like, but. I mean, it would be bloody expensive. I reckon that for for sure. Uh huh. Um, but I mean, if you take if you look at Universal, for example, with this land that they purchased, which we know won't exclusively be just for other theme parks. There's going to be more hotels, probably maybe another City Walk, something along those lines. But if you look at the actual studio park, forgetting Islands of Adventure, the actual studio park, the whole of Kids Zone, apart from ET, you know, defend mm-hmm. the ET. Uh, was was on lockdown through Halloween Horror Nights. So that was primed to be a space that they're going to start working on. I mean, the rumours are that it will be Mario or Nintendo themed. Um, On top of that, you've then got Terminator shuts down. That's all being stripped out as we speak. The rumour is that Shrek will be next. Um, That that whole area will go away. So what are they putting into these spaces that they've got plans for stranger things i mean who nobody heard that yeah i heard heard something yeah no no one heard nothing well no one quite knows why universal has done some or done one or two i don't know depends how you count them teasers to shine to stranger things Mm -hmm. um on their social media channels. I mean, it could be something as 
silly as that they're just capitalising on the biggest trending thing in the world right now. Yeah. I think it would make an amazing... I've seen one of the tweets that you retweeted yesterday, Chris. Um, that trick-or-treat scare zone yeah. could be potentially the upside down, and it would be amazing. Oh, what, through the the um, Central Park area? Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that is a great idea. I would be so down for... Remember when we had the Walking Dead covering the whole entire park and each section was a different bit or a different yeah. season? Yeah. I'm down for the entire park being Stranger Things oh. and each part of the park being a different part of Stranger Things, like the Upside Down and the hospital and the woods where Will's little tent is. So down. What about if they had like a large scare zone that was like the town from the film? And then you walk into, like, I don't know, the hospital, like you say, or the, um, uh, well, one of the buildings, and then you go into the, um, what do they call it? The underside. The upside down. The upside down area. Yeah. As a house. I would love, like, I think anything Stranger Things is going to work. And we, you know, it's been proved that it doesn't need to necessarily be the scariest thing in the entire world to work. A Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think that matters. I think people would enjoy it still. And it would drive so many people to the park. It's the biggest show right now. Yeah. You know, it's, huge. it rivals things like Game of Thrones. And as much as we joke about Game of Thrones being the next gate and we launch Game of Thrones everything. Game of Thrones probably wouldn't work as a Halloween Horror Nights house. They could do something like medieval themed or like from that era or that kind of genre. But would it yeah. would it work? I don't know. Yeah, it's not scary enough for a Halloween Horror Nights house, I don't think. That's not really its thing, is it? So do you know what? Do you know what I think is generally the problem with having Stranger Things anything at Universal or at Halloween Horror Nights mm. uh, is the fact that Netflix itself, I mean, how much is it a month? Is it is it $10, $15? Um, I pay $7.99. Okay, so even less than I thought. Um, it, that's pretty much everybody can afford that. Mm-hmm. So you, you imagine how many people buy into Netflix and they don't have to have a satellite. They don't have to have cable. All they need is a broadband connection and a laptop or an iPhone or something. So it, they, they don't. the company doesn't have all the infrastructure that all the cable companies have got and all the other different box, bits and bobs that go with it. So you can imagine the sheer volume of turnover of money they must get in. I mean, they're, they're trying to rush into production so many different films and TV shows. It's like this long-running joke in Hollywood at the moment that Stranger Things would literally green light anything you send them. Um. So I I fear that Netflix may ask a pretty penny to use their um, series. That's that's the problem I I would imagine. I'm sure that they would. I like I'm I'm sure that they would, but I think the amount of people that would go just for a Stranger Things experience yeah. would oh, yeah. make up for that. They'd make yeah. it back easily. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And then it could tie into what season three will that be out next year? 
Well, going off of the last two seasons, that should be out like October time next yeah. year. So it could tie in. You know. I think uh, it would just work really, really well. And I think people are kind of expecting it to come. And I, I think they don't really know what they want from it. I think they just know that they want to see it. Yeah. Well, this is the thing that I think theme parks are going to struggle with generally now is the fact that uh, theme parks are becoming IP-driven heavily now. Uh, that's the new thing. And there are only so many franchises. I think we touched on this before on an episode. There are only so many franchises out there mm-hmm. that can make a decent theme park attraction uh-huh. or land or area or whatever. Um, I mean, I know Universal gobbled up uh was it turner was it their cartoons that they bought the rights to um i don't know about a year ago there was loads and loads of different cartoons that universal bought the rights to um which i'm sure they'll probably find some kind of fit for them if they don't have to pay any ip sort of fees um i mean maybe shrek will go away and they'll bring in another kid-based attraction in that area i don't know um, maybe they'll save them for the the new gate that they're going to build. I mean, they've also got this huge catalogue of Nintendo properties that mm. they tap into. That's it. And then with with all of the news that we that we spoke about on the last episode, with all the the new land that's been purchased and how much land they've actually got now, do we think that is Nintendo definitely going to go into studios, or do we think it could wait for the new park? Um, well, from what I've heard, it, it, it's all it's all approved with the city of Orlando, all of the planning and everything. Um, so I think they're just, I don't know, I think they were waiting for Halloween Horror Nights to finish, hence why Kid Zone was all barriered off. I think possibly now they may be waiting till Christmas is over, I don't know, but it, it was from what I was told, it was imminent that construction was going to start over there. Maybe, and then didn't we think that um, Fear Factor wasn't going to reopen after Bill and Ted, and now it is. Oh, it has reopened. Um, I don't know if it's reopened now, or maybe it's next week. But I know that it's reopening, but it's reopening at like a strange time, like one o'clock in the afternoon. It's going to be like the first showing. The other weird thing as well in in Central Florida is there are only so many builders out there. Mm-hmm. And when you've got Disney committing to building all these different things and currently doing lots of building and Universal that are, you know, wanting to do lots of building and are currently doing stuff, it does make you wonder actually how far they're prepared to go to get more builders and people doing stuff. Because there, there can be only a finite number, surely. Well, I'm just saying, Universal, like, I'm okay at making things, so I'm sure I could learn to build. And also, I'm alright at painting. So, <laughs> if you, you want to just give me a job, that's fine. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Yeah, but, I mean, the other thing is the housing market's picking up as well. So, there's probably a lot of people who in the past have been idle, but, or haven't had enough work, but I think the property market's starting to pick up as well. Yeah, well, I mean they they keep building new villa complexes, don't they? They're down the yeah. twenty seven and and other yeah. places. Yeah, I feel like every time I go back, there's new villas and there's new apartment complexes. 
Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. And what's, what's that? Pontine, that what's wasn't that the case. Big thing they're building next to the airport. I have no idea. I thought they were expanding the airport, weren't they? Is that a new terminal or something? I then? thought so, yeah. All right. Because mm-hmm. it's nice literally one. next door, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think they're expanding the airport. I'll check it out, but... I know that they was refurbing all the airport when I landed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was going through redecorating. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was quite a pain in the bum, that. Mm. Like, everything was closed off. But let's let's hear about your best bits from your trip. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, well, I've got one last thing I was going to say um, okay. before we move on to that was that a lot of people were quite upset about Bill and Ted going away, oh, and yeah. I've I'm getting lots of emails and messages about it. And there's a campaign group that started up, and I think they've got about 1,200 signatures, which we shared today to give them a little bit of help. Mm. Um, as much as I don't think Bill and Ted will come back next year I, I wouldn't say never um because that would be a good marketing tool in a few years time i feel to bring them back um subject to park expansion um, but what i have heard i have heard a rumor um from a, from a fairly good source of mine to say that they are planning on doing another type of comedy show next year but it wouldn't be as big as bill and ted it would be a lot more low-key if you've seen videos or you've seen in person the Chucky Insult Emporium, mm-hmm. that sort of smaller show that's a bit more adult orientated. I wouldn't say this one would be more adult orientated, but it would definitely be to a smaller audience. Um, so, th- so what I'm hearing is they are looking into that, but mm-hmm. it would not be Bill and Ted. Don't buy your kids stuff for Christmas. Buy them memories with a Walt Disney World vacation or a Disney Maritime Cruise. Hi, I'm Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel, proud sponsor of the Dis After Dark podcast. Christmas is one of the most magical times of the year for a Disney vacation, but it can also be the busiest and the most expensive if you don't plan it right. So contact me to take care of all of those details for you and do your complete itinerary planning. My services are free to you, and mention this ad for $25 off your deposit. Have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Well, I mean, that's sad. Yeah. But I think there would have been outcry if they would have said, yeah, hey, Bill and Ted are going, here's all this merch, and they're going, it's the final one, and blah, blah, blah. Ha, just kidding, they're back next year. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't see that. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> with all the merch and everything. I mean, what I think what they're looking at to do is that the other problem that Bill and Ted has suffered from for years now is obviously the YouTube generation that we can take photos and video and share that and then it becomes fair usage issues and then you get letters from people and that's our ip how dare you use it in your theme park so i think bill and ted has always had that problem since year one um but what i'm hearing is universal saying well actually why don't we do a comedy show that's as funny and has as much music as bill and ted but on a lesser scale but perhaps using some of the IPs that we as a now as a much larger organization own because Universal and the wider group of companies that they have now actually do have quite a lot of scope. So they mm-hmm. will look at the catalog that they own rather than Bill and Ted where you're getting, I don't know, Freddie, Jason, and then you're getting, I don't know, other things turning up. Where would we put it though? Because if... Fear Factor 
is going to, you know, as we've heard from rumours, be not be open for very long. Then that cuts that out. There was uh, two locations, one of which was building a new stage not a million miles away from uh, Fast and the Furious. But I think that might cause issues with crowd control. And the other item was, the other location they looked at, was either um, putting it in Terminator. Now, mm-hmm. bearing in mind, Terminator is meant to, is being ripped out and is going, but there was, I believe, behind the scenes, a kind of pause on that in terms of let's just slow down for a minute. So if there was, say, a window, they could put it in the Terminator building. But things change so much. I mean, I, I don't know if you remember 2012 when they actually had a house built in the Hercules building. Mm. And the people, Universal Creative over in Hollywood said, uh, uh, no, we need to build we need to build Transformers. Sorry. And they had to literally demolish a house they'd built inside that that soundstage. Mm. So, I think it really does depend on how much construction work is going to be planned and done next year that's it because i think that we can count out animal actors i think that's all due to be going yeah so like it's not even worth considering anywhere in that area for a stage but then you know is academy of villains gonna come back are they gonna be where they were this year I would I would imagine they would come back for third year, yeah. I will be heartbroken if they don't come back next year. I love them so much. They have so much scope. They are so talented. The people that organise them um, really do go the extra mile. So I cannot see a situation where they don't return for third year. They're no. a good fit, aren't they? What they are. Yeah. Yeah. Better than They're absolutely fantastic. Like, I seriously seriously love them i never thought that i'd love a dance show as much as i love them but they're so good i just tell everybody that i meet about them and i'm like guys no way if you think that you've seen good dancing you need to see these guys because they're like (laughs) ridiculously good and then i've got a whole i was looking through all of my videos a few days ago getting ready to edit and we filmed the entire show and i'm like not being funny, but I'm putting this entire show in a video because I can't cut any of it out. So that entire show is going to go in a video. But, yeah, they, they've got to have another show next year because now that we don't have Beetlejuice, we can't have Rocky Horror nope. in that area. And to be honest, I honestly don't feel like Rocky Horror would work again. No, I think that's a bit, it's a bit old hat now, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. I think we need something more than that, and I just I can't see that fitting anymore. But I just honestly don't know where they'd put another show. I don't know if it would work inside. Well, it depends on where it is, but I just I can't see like a Halloween Horror Nights crowd going inside somewhere. The, like, the, pro- I don't know. the problem they've got is the tight walk between having to do construction to keep up with Disney, which to be honest with you, you know, 
it's not a it's not a race they're probably going to lose but still <laughs> they've still got to get around that park and do stuff but they've got to put on what they call their um their their events you know um what they call them their marquee events you know so halloween horror nights your christmas stuff you know new year stuff your your, your summer rock stuff so they they've got to allow space for these events to take part i mean Halloween Horror Nights is the pinnacle of all of those. It makes more money. It has more people come to it. So they've got to have space to build the houses, the scare zones, and the shows that the people want. Mm. Yeah. I'm honestly really excited. Even right now, even though it's November, I'm really, really excited to see what's going to come next year. Because usually every year we're like, well, obviously Bill and Ted's going to be back. And then, obviously, we'll have another show, whether that was Rocky Horror or whether that was Academy of Villains. Like, we kind of knew what we were expecting. Next year, we have no idea. Yeah. Like, Academy of Villains might not come back. They might. We do, Like, hopefully they will. But we don't, we don't know anything for certain anymore. So, I'm excited. I mean, there are only so many houses you can squeeze in the sound stages because... Yeah of the fact you need those great big conga lines to get people in and out of them. You've then got the parade building, which will go away if they start to build Nintendo World. Um, You've then got construction essentially going to be happening at the front of the park, and how will that affect... I mean, Shrek really is the worst place if you were to try and build something to get to, because that is a complete island, isn't it? Right in the center, isn't it? it is so uh, for a builder they can only work at night mm. which halloween horror nights happens at night so how on earth they will be able to do anything they can't really do anything during the day so it gives them like a window between 2 a.m and what 9 a.m oh yeah. god the logistical nightmare i would have thought so um, if they've got what sorry Chris, go ahead no no go on go on. i was just gonna say if they've got a lot of construction going on would they would they think about either moving it to or spreading it across to Islands of Adventure? Well, I mean, I've said for a long time that I think it would just be a a matter of course that eventually it will have to spread back into Islands of Adventure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it it needs to. Then I'm like, part of me is feeling like, how how would they do that with um, Hogsmeade? Um, Well, the last time they did it... um, it was all via Nickelodeon around that area, wasn't it? Um, if memory serves, I think it connected near the sound stages. Which yeah, it went like near, like where they have TNA. Yeah, which I'm not sure what how that area is set up now that you've got Rip Ride Rocket running through there. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you're allowed to physically walk under that coaster, are you? In certain places. Well. I mean, maybe not, but you have to queue underneath it to get to certain houses. So, like, mm. they see it as a shining. Yeah, I don't think it's impossible, that's for sure. Um, I just think with that and the conga lines, particularly, like, where they had the American Horror Story house uh, this year, that, that area there, uh-huh. it's, it's quite a tight... Um, <laughs> it's quite a tight section, sort of bottleneck there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then how much they do expand into um, that park, Islands of Adventure. But then also, like you said, would they then run the train as well? Yeah. 
Well, it's running the train and like what like Hogsmeade in Ireland is such a I think it's hard to get through in the day. But I imagine that it would be very, very congested if it was to be opened for Halloween Horror Nights. So maybe they'd have to close Hogsmeade off and just have like Marvel Jurassic Park Toon Lagoon open. Has Hogsmeade ever been opened in the evening? Not for not for something like Halloween Horror Nights now. Because Ireland's usually shut pretty early, doesn't it? Uh huh. So, I mean, they could. I mean, th- this new Christmas thing they're doing—that's in Hogsmeade, isn't it? Mhm. So, is Ireland staying open later than usual? I think it's just darker earlier. So a bit like here, it just gets darker earlier in the evenings. Yeah, and when when Halloween Horror Nights is on, that park's open until about eight o'clock. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't close like crazy early, but obviously this time of year it's darker. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just just feel like it's too much of a cramped area for something like Halloween Horror Nights to work in unless they were going to close that part of the park off. Yeah. Which would be a shame because, like, I think it's a bit different in the studios because you kind of can only go into Diagon Alley if that's where you're meaning to go. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to walk through Diagon Alley to get to anywhere, whereas with Hogsmeade you would. Mm. Which would make it more congested. But I don't know, I'd love to see it back at Islands. I just don't know if it would work anymore. What if they was to do a dual park and it wasn't necessarily all of Ireland of Adventure? but you had some of the main attractions at Ireland's open during Halloween Horror Nights, plus, say, they had an extra two houses. Yeah. Would you be able to build a business case that because of, obviously, all the overheads that go with opening up both parks at the same time, could they justify in increasing the ticket prices quite substantially? Well, this year, there was about a 20... Well, from from a, a UK ticket point of view anyway i think there's about a 15 or 20 pound increase yeah so and honestly i i wasn't i wasn't angry about it no so if they kept the prices similar to what they were this year maybe increase them by like we're getting a bargain anyway realistically like i paid i think it was like maybe like close to 100 pound for a frequent fear plus pass which is a bargain, considering yeah. a one-night entrance is like $60-odd. Yeah. Minimum on a cheap night. So I, I wouldn't be angry about that. Because you, I mean, you are getting quite a lot for your money with that, aren't you? When you consider how much new stuff they build every year, plus yeah. the fact with your ticket there, you could go umpteen times. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is, ticket would get bargain. me every night except Saturdays. Yeah. And as we've, as we've established, Saturdays is when I foolishly go to Food and Wine Festival, so... <laughs> yeah. Why? Don't go on Food and Wine on the weekend. I clearly have issues, that's why. <laughs> you just love being in crowds of people. Clearly. Clearly. But, yeah, like they're, they're amazing value, so I, I would never be angry about those 
increased in slightly in price. Yeah. I still I mean, want to feel like I'm getting a good value out of it, but if if they wanted to charge like maybe $110 for $120 for it, I'd still feel like I was getting a really, really good value. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they, if they're not going to have a large venue like Bill and Ted that does gobble up, I don't know how many people that used to seat, but it used to seat a few hundred in there. If if they're not having the spaces to do that, then they need to think of other areas that they can utilise to bring people in. Because, I mean, if you was to go back in time to, say, 2012 again, when I forget how many houses there was now, um, let's have a look. Hang on, I'll tell you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So there was eight. So what do we have this year? Was it ten? Nine. Ten. No, nine. Nine, I think nine. nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right, it's only one less. But if if you go back to those times years ago when there was quite a lot of construction happening for one reason or another, um, maybe when Jaws was going away as well, um, it was it was quite tough. If it has the football now that it had back then it would have been an absolute nightmare Mm -hmm. so they definitely need to think of other things to to gobble up people basically yeah that's it because the crowds that were watching academy of villains and the crowds that were watching bill and ted that that definitely took people away from the houses Mm. you could definitely tell in like i rarely ever got express pass this year which i usually get pretty much every night but you could definitely tell in line when a show was on because it was yeah. a lot quieter. So they they need something that's going to take that Bill and Ted crowd away. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the other one I was just thinking about. I mean, the um, the horror makeup show. I know it's only a small venue, um, but that used to open during Halloween Horror Nights. So that doesn't. That's never open now, is it? No, that like I was thinking horror makeup show, but then that's that's what made me kind of think that it would seem weird to have like an an inside show. Yeah. And like one where I don't know, I don't know what like I'm not saying that horror makeup show is like a formal show because it's not it's not a formal show. But do you know what I mean? Like going inside, mm. sitting in like a limited amount of seats. Yeah. It's not and very it's, big, is it? No, like it, it's it's a small, it's a small area, and I don't know. It just something just seems like not very Halloween Horror Nights showish about mm. the about the the venue. Yeah. Okie doke. Um, well, let's have a whiz through my trip then. So I only went to Halloween Horror Nights, so I didn't I didn't go during the day. Um, mm. As I said, I stayed off site. And um, I went quite a few times to Halloween Horror Nights. Um, I thought this year the houses in general were... I didn't think there was any dud houses. I agree. Um, I think in past years there's been like... I think in recent years there's been like the odd one. Like last year I would say probably the Chances house was a bit... Was a bit yeah. Bad. I feel like what in recent years there's always one that stands out as a dud. Yeah, I mean, the year before, maybe Run, that was a bit of a maybe. 
sort of house. Mm. Um, but this year, I, th- I think all of them on, on their merits, even the ones, for example, like Saw or Bloomhouse, for example, the ones that perhaps don't get as much love as the others, I think even they were... What? You're wrong about Blumhouse. You didn't like Blumhouse? <laughs> no, Blumhouse was fantastic. But yeah, no, I agree. It was like in their top three. I think Bloomhouse is great. I just know there's quite a few people that don't. But I think a lot of the people that don't went at the beginning of the event before Bloomhouse was basically altered in a number of ways to make it more scary. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the times that I went through Blumhouse, there was extra things in it. So I did stay and scream every night that I, that I went to the event and I'd always hit high Blumhouse and Scarecrow first. And every night that I went in, there was something different about Blumhouse. Yeah. It just got better every single night. And that, like, that's one of my all-time favourite Halloween Horror Nights houses. Yeah. Well, I was told by a friend of mine that basically what happened with Blumhouse was it wasn't hitting the scares. And, it, and then after the first week or second week or so, they actually had a meeting with the cast and said, how can we plus this house? And the ideas actually came from the scare actors. Oh, really? Um, in terms of how to make that house just slightly more scarier than it was previously. I think possibly that house had suffered from a bit of, what are we doing? What are we doing this? No, we're doing that. No, we're doing this. No, we're doing that. So maybe there was a little bit of a rush towards the end, perhaps. I know it was announced pretty late on, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and plus, plus for the, the changes too. Yeah, that's what I mean. There was um, a quite a fair bit of that. So I think um, it perhaps had a bit of a baptism of fire that house but i did i did enjoy it and i thought it had a i mean what a wonderful facade to have that projection mm-hmm. um they've never really done that before and i thought that no. was such a you know such a good thing well i didn't get to see it at night so that like that like i saw it from afar at night but i didn't get to see it from the queue at night but i actually really enjoyed saw yeah like, I, I really, really did. I only managed to go through it one time because while you were away, I, I spoke about this, but mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the younger people that were at the event really mm-hmm. connect with Saw. Yeah. Because that's, like, one of the scariest films of their time. Yeah. So, like, teenagers, they, they really are into the Saw franchise. So I was surprised that that, tended to have the biggest queue almost every night but then when I would look at the queue I'd realise this is all teenagers and this is clearly their favourite type of franchise so I did only get to do it once and I felt like I had a really good run through of it, I didn't get to do any of the guest activated scares so that made me sad but I I really liked it everyone else that I've spoken to has said that I'm crazy but I enjoyed it Did you remember the 2009 house no i like i barely remember anything about that house well that that house it was sweaty it had no air conditioning a lot of the scares just fell flat because there was like a physical barrier between you and them and a lot of them mm-hmm. and it was pretty cramped as well it wasn't and it wasn't very long either so that saw house i think was was good but it wasn't wasn't you know it wasn't brilliant um but this saw house i feel uh was pretty excellent when you compare it to that one from 2009 
Um, I think it's just up against a very strong year this year, um, which makes it look like it should be towards the bottom of most people's lists. But, you know, I, I thought it was good. I mean, if that had been any other year, I think that would have been, um, you know, further up people's lists, I think. I agree. I definitely agree. I feel like I struggled so much trying to, and I still honestly don't know what order I rank the house in because I change my mind every day because <laughs> I, I can't, I know that The Shining was my favourite and not necessarily because I think it was the scariest or I preferred certain things in it. I think that's what I was the most excited about and I think everything that I thought it was going to be, it was. And I think yeah, that's why it's at them. my top. So maybe like things like Scarecrow, as terrifying as it as it was, I can say that it was a, a brilliantly done house. So that's near the top of my list. But I just the shining just had something. I think the shining is everything that I was hoping that the Exorcist was gonna be. Yeah. Yeah. So, although I think The Exorcist was a good house, I think that The Shining is just, like, when I imagined a house based on The Shining, and I was like, no, they couldn't possibly do that, they did it. Yeah, I think on all counts, um, The Shining really delivered. I mean, it was consistently at the top of my list. Um, I think that the, the film itself is quite terrifying. And I think they brought that and more into the house. Mm-hmm. You know, it was claustrophobic when it needed to be claustrophobic. And then it was large and vacuous like the hotel is in that film in certain areas, like that ballroom, for example, or the corridors. Um, I also like the the fact that um, you walk in via the maze and then yes. you enter into the hotel. And I think that was good. That kind of built up some anticipation. There's some good jump scares there. But also, as you enter the hotel and this sort of weird, wonderful things on the walls, and everything, it's sort of like you're, you're, you've gone through the maze, which was, other than the jump scares, was pretty normal. But now you're kind of, you're the ones going mad along with him. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of following in the story yourself um, because things weren't where they were supposed to be. Um, I like that about the house. I thought that that was quite clever and that they were attempting to make you as uneasy um, as what the film does. But they did it in a different way, which was practical to a haunted house, which is, is you, genius, really, when you think about it. It is like they, they, they pulled off in such, a, in such an amazing way. Did you get to do the Unmask and the Horror Tour? Uh, no, no. Yeah. Did you? Uh, no, like I, I planned to do. Well, I didn't go planning to do it, but then after a few days, I was like, "Ah, shall we just do it?" But I, there's no guarantee that we'll get the shining, and that's the one that I really want to get. So I really wanted the shining and Dead Waters, and I was like, "I feel like I'll be disappointed if I don't get these two, but I just can't guarantee that we will." So we didn't end up doing it just in case. Yeah. And now I'm gutted that I didn't. Well, yeah, it is a shame. Um, I mean, I always, I always feel so sad knowing that come November, all of these things are sitting at the bottom of a landfill somewhere. Yeah, that's it. So that's why I wanted to do it. And I was looking at, it was like, I think there's about $90 difference, like 80 or $90 difference between doing the three 
the three house tour and the six house tour and I was like I'm just going to be really angry if I pay like the full price to do six houses and only two houses that like well I wouldn't get to do three but the two houses that I wanted to see the most wouldn't be in it well I would imagine they probably didn't do um ash but I don't know maybe but if there was a way that I could pay a little bit more and do all nine, I think I definitely would have done it. So was it literally their advertising, it was just six, was it? Six was the maximum that you could do. So you could either do the three house tour or the six house tour. Mm. And I was like, oh, I just want to see The Shining. Mm. That would be annoying. I mean, generally speaking, it's usually sound stages and then one of the sprung tents. I mean, that's usually the pull of thumb. Mm. so you'd probably be fairly unlucky if it wasn't but then again they're a bit nervous about photos aren't they so well that's it and I was like what if I pay all this money and then they just randomly decide today that I actually can't take any photos in any of the IPs and and Ash was really sick and I was like oh you know what like we we just won't do it but I am 100% doing it next year 100% and I mean in 25 I mean I was literally taking selfies with Jason Voorhees mm, yeah <laughs> yeah and then last year it was like it was fine everything was fine and then randomly one day like hey no you can't take photos anymore yeah and so that's what I worry about now is like what if everyone's got all these cool photos and then I I go in and like actually no you can't do that today it's like where they say it, how these things are spoilt by people. You know what I mean? Like, don't do that because this will happen. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know, don't take photographs or video of Bill and Ted's. And we try not to. And some people do. And it ends up on YouTube. And we all love it. But actually, those are kind of the reasons why that's not coming back. Yeah. You know, and it's the kind of thing with these houses, you know like the exorcist last year that was really what kicked it off um people taking photos and allegedly doing improper things um and spoiled it for everyone really douchebags um but. so but you did an r.i.p tour though didn't you uh yeah yeah okay, so tell us about your r.i.p tour um did you do a private one or did you do a regular one private okay so i had yeah so i had essentially i did two Uh um one of which i spoke to you about the the uh the tour guide on the last episode of uh did after dark yeah go back and listen to just after dark because that was funny yeah (laughs) poor guy he's probably listening so and he's like i knew it (laughs) yeah he did he literally did (laughs) he exactly knew who i was but he was so what I don't understand, though, is Universal didn't tell him. Because I was like, <laughs> I reported in, and I, oh, you need to wait for, I can't remember his name now. And he'd been there a long time at Universal. So he's someone that, he's a proper tour guide. He's not like some years where they get people that are just, you know, trained up just to be RIP tour guides. He was a proper full-time, during-the-day tour guide. So I'm not sure why he didn't have my name in the first place, but hey-ho. So I basically said to him, it was just me, I said, look, I said, look, we need to hit all the houses at least three times. I said, I don't care about any attractions. I don't care about any shows on this this tour. 
don't care about any scare zones. We got to do the homework. <laughs> we got to do the thing. We need to go now. And I don't think he never had anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's like, well, do you want to go into the uh, RIP area because we've got um, uh, free drinks and food, and you can take no drinks. No, no, no time for drinks. No time for restrooms. Come on, <laughs> go, 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 go. <laughs> Yes, I don't think he was too appreciative, but he also um, he also told me a, a fun thing that now when they do RIP tour guiding, um, the tours last as long as you want them to up until park closure. And if you get rid of them before park closure, so I think park closure is usually about 2 a.m. now. Mm-hmm. So if you get rid of them at one, I always assumed that they would go home early. No, Universal makes them go and do something for that last hour. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so they're I, better off staying with you then if you're a fun Yeah, day. so he said, don't get rid of me early because they'll get me doing something else. And I'd rather be with you going through houses than that. I mean, if we finish early, he said, let's go ride the mummy. You know, let's go do something else. <laughs> <laughs> they probably get them cleaning the toilet after Craig's been in it. Oh, oh no. boggles. Oh, Chris, please let's do an RIP tour next year. We're doing it next year. Come what may. Boom. Yes. So did he Did he accomplish his mission? Did you get on all houses three times? Yeah. And then we rode the mummy. Brilliant. <laughs> so that's 30, 30 tours. <laughs> he told me a fun fact. He said that when we was in the mummy, we went in, where did we go in? Via the queue. And then we went through a door, staff only door. And then there was a lift there. And we yes. went up in the lift, and he said to me, you probably heard this as well on when you've done the tours, that the lift is the only thing that remains from Kong. And it's well, an original. That lift, I yeah. got to go in in the daytime this year because I met up with my friend, and you know her too, Chris, Robin. Um, And so I met up with her and her gorgeous, gorgeous daughters, and one of her daughters has epilepsy, so she can't, um, she can't stand in in the mummy queue. Oh right! Because of the flashing of the lights and things like that, and the the big crowds. So if, if the queue's short, it's fine because we can just kind of make our way through. But the queue is quite long, and she she just couldn't do it. So they guided us to that lift, and I was like, I literally remember this lift from years and years and years ago when I was too scared to go on Kong. <laughs> well, we, we, we were in the lift with the guy that was working Mummy, one of, the oper- one of the operations guys, and he said, this is the only lift that's left from the Kong. So I said, why did they get rid of the original Kong? He said, it kept breaking down. I said, well, I hope the lift's not like the ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I uh, don't trust any lift anymore because I always feel like it's going to be a fake um, like Men in Black lift or a Gringotts lift. I tell you what, I always go on Men in Black and it breaks down. Well, the trick is, right, I'm going to tell everyone a trick with Men in Black. But don't everyone do it because then if everyone does it, then it's not going to be cool anymore. But if you time single riders right and you're with your friends, right, you can... While everyone's in the lift bit, if you quickly go through single riders with, like, one other person, they'll all still be in the lift by the time you get through. So you'll get to ride together. 
Ah. It's not going to work all the time. It's only going to work if the queue is like maybe about ten minutes long. But yeah, that like me and Ash did that so many times this year. Not on purpose. It just happened that way. Mm. But yeah, that, that's a men and back tip. Unless you don't want to sit next to your mate, because I didn't really want to sit next to Ash, but I had to. <laughs> Come but, on, Auntie Amanda, calm down. Um, no, I'm angry now because, well, I'm happy because she's having a boy, but I was happy that she's having a boy because I was like, well, now I'm going to make him be like a guitar god and he is going to be my ticket to Warped Tour when he's old enough to be in a band. And they've just announced that the last year of Warped Tour is next year. Oh, so now I'm like, why am I even bothering to have a nephew now? <laughs> Because you're not going to buy him a Winnie the Pooh plush, you're going to buy him an E.T. plush, that's why. That is true, that is very true. But did you learn anything exciting on your R.I.P. tour? Did you learn about any Easter eggs that were in the houses? Um, I did, and I wrote them all down at the time. I don't know why he didn't figure out who I was while I was writing everything down. <laughs> um, what can I remember? I haven't literally looked at that since that night. Um, what can I remember? Um... I know in one of the houses, I don't remember which one it is, but in one of them, on one of the folders, it says J. Perry, for Jason Perry. I imagine it's for Jason Perry anyway. <laughs> there was the, they, They've been doing that for a long time. I don't think they've done it for, for Jason, but they've been doing a lot of brands. Like in, I think it was in Ash vs. Evil Dead house, there was... Um, uh, what's his name? Charles something. The from Art and Design. Charles. Uh, what's his name? Charles Gray. Gray. I think there was something like Gray's something or other tinned food or something that was on the wall. <laughs> um, let me look at some notes I was writing up the other day. Um, there was three of those red buttons in Saw. Uh huh. Um, one of which was an immediate effect. The other two were effects that happened later on down the line. So a lot of people were saying, well, why am I pressing the red button? Nothing's happening. Well, it was happening further down the house. Oh. Um, you know, last year there was, uh, I think it was last year, there was every house had to have a throat cut scene. Or was that 25? Um, I don't remember. I think it was 25, actually. And then last year there was something. Every house had to have something. This is the new thing that they do. This year, every house had a water effect. Yes, they did. Yes, they did all have a water effect because I got sprayed mm. by something in every single house. Yeah, that was the that was the theme that they all shared this year. <laughs> Bad theme. Bad theme. Yeah, I mean, in fact, if you go to uh, Universal Hollywood, the tour guides there will tell you that every single attraction will get you wet. Uh huh. Um, mm hmm. Which is uh, quite funny. Um, what else have I got here? Um, oh, I have a really, really heartwarming one here. Um, Bill and Ted. There was a lady out front that works for Universal. Um, I did catch the name, but I wrote it down on something else. So I'll, if I find her name, I'll let you know. Anyway, she worked. She was out front working operations for Bill and Ted, making sure that everybody queuing up got into Bill and Ted and everyone got out safely. Um, did a fantastic job and I said to my tour guy I said I recognise her from somewhere where do I recognise her from and he said funny enough he said she was the original rat lady 
What? Yep, she was the original one. No way. Yep, they had the rats crawling all over her. She's worked for Universal ever since. She still works there. And uh, he introduced me to her. I said hello, and she actually gave me a cuddle. And it it was actually a really sweet moment that that this lady would still be working at Universal all these years later. That's adorable. Yeah. Where were the rats? Where were the rats? Don't know. Yeah. No, but I mean, when she was the rat lady, what was that on? Well, typically they were either in a house behind Perspex or she was in a, a Perspex coffin. Ah. Uh. Um, I mean, some years they used to wheel him around the park, couldn't they? I want to start a petition to bring back the Rat Lady because I feel like it's just been too long. I know. Like why, why aren't we using the Rat Lady anymore? Hashtag save Bill and Ted. What about hashtag bring the Rat Lady back? Um, let's start a movement, Chris. Oh, I should think so. I'll be the rat lady next year. I mean, people get a bit iffy with animals in parks, don't they? Well, right. If we go back to our friend Julie Zimmerman, she used to go and feed the rats all the time. And also they had an adopt a rat program. So after the event, people would come and adopt the rats. So she told me they were fat rats. That means they were well fed and well looked after. Bring the rat lady back. Yes. And the rat lady. animal rights advocate of the show, which I've disappointed myself to be, I'm saying that it's it, a rat lady's fine. I mean, if you're old enough, there was also the um, the roach man. Um, let's not let's not bring any cockroaches back. Well, there, there literally was a man <laughs> who used to be covered in cockroaches. <laughs> Anytime I think of cockroaches, I think of the man that's off Men in Black. Oh, oh yeah, and I don't like him. And every time I see a cockroach when I'm in Orlando, I just remind of him, and I'm like, nope. Sort of step on him. Mm, well, um, what, nothing had happened to them anyway. They just survive everything. This year, Universal can say that they had the largest cast of scare actors they've ever had. Oh really? But, but also, it was the most diverse group of scare actors they've ever had. I don't doubt that. Because not only did they have a number of different ethnicities, which they do tend to have every year anyway, but they also had disabled scare actors, one of, the, one of which was in a wheelchair who was playing a, a chainsaw clown maniac, and he has been there, I think, three years? Yeah, I've, I've seen him quite a lot in recent years. I mean, he's a fantastic scare actor. Uh, but also, there was actually a pregnant scare actor. Was that real? I can't decide whether that was real or whether that was prosthetic. I'm I am so told undecided. Was real. Really? That's what I was told. Right. Well, I'm not being funny, but Ash, who was three months pregnant at the time, complained nonstop. And this woman <laughs> is there scaring people whilst clearly an awful lot more pregnant than what Ash was. She was actually scaring people in houses. In the street. In the street. In Festival of the Boobliest. Mm, that's a bit risky, isn't it? Mm. That's what made me think it was prosthetic, because I was like, honest to God, Ashley has complained so much. This woman, it's got to be a prosthetic, because no woman more... Like, I don't have much experience around pregnant women, so I've only really got Ash to go off of. But if she was complaining so much and this woman is like maybe eight months pregnant, like seven or eight months pregnant, I'm like, how how is she doing this if Ash is moaning so much? 
It's going to be a well-adjusted kid when it comes out. I know. It'll be cool AF. <laughs> so there's a few of my notes. Um, I tell you the one thing that really did make me laugh, I think you need to be a certain vintage to appreciate this, but was that, that uh, Simpsons area where they had the maniac chainsaw clowns, they actually played a... Uh, demented version over the speakers of the Benny Hill theme tune. Really? Yeah. And I just thought that was just so funny. I don't know what, why I thought that was so funny. But you just know standing... why that's funny? Because when we had our wrestling theme tunes, that's what you chose. <laughs> no, I chose um, Steptoe and Son. But, but it does oh. sound similar. It does sound similar. But I just thought it was so funny standing in Simpsons listening to Benny Hill whilst actual clowns of chainsaws were chasing people across Springfield. I loved those clowns. I think they, they're they the best chainsaw group that we've had in a long time. I, I think that there could be a, definitely a place for them to keep coming back every year. I um, hope so. Because that area needs something, and it's very difficult, I think, to theme that area. And mm-hmm. for those clowns, I think they kind of just work there, don't they? Mhm. Mhm. So on. So you did another tour as well at Universal, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So did you learn anything cool and interesting on that tour? Um, not that I've got notes with me that I can remember. <laughs> Terrible memory. Uh, I did write everything down, but I spent on the second time. I spent far longer in the scare zones, sort of soaking up the atmosphere. It was a quieter night as well. Um, I mean. You know, trick or treat. I mean, just how it wasn't scary at all, was it? That scare zone, but how fantastic it was, wasn't it? It was just that's my favorite scare zone ever. I I agree with you. I I think it is the best scare zone they've ever done, and it's quite strange because it wasn't scary, but it was a fantastic experience. It was brilliant. I love I love trick or treat anyway. I love Sam. Yeah. It works so well, and I'm so hoping for a house because those that are fans of the film will know how well a house would work. Yeah. And I'm really hoping that it's going to come back next year as a house. I mean, if they was to use the American Horror Story soundstage, which is the bigger one, where they do the bigger houses, and Mm -hmm. do an episodic house, Mm -hmm. you know, a bit like the film, because the film is essentially loads of episodes tied together, isn't it? Uh Uh-huh. I think that would be a really good fit. I think definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, American Horror Story, the rumours I'm hearing is that it'll be in the street next year, not in the, uh, not in a, not, not as a house. Yeah, that's it, because, I mean, I, I don't think that Cult has done as well as maybe the other seasons. I haven't seen any numbers, but judging from fans that I know I just don't feel like it's doing as well as the other seasons did and I don't know if it would work all that well as a house yeah the the problem with the cult is it's a bit more political was a bit more psychological terror in that a lot of a lot of phobias and things in it so I think that wouldn't translate as easy into a house but a lot of it I think with the clowns that are in it there's also these like tanker things that spray stuff and uh-huh. weird people and things i think you could possibly translate that into a scare zone like so, the new york area something like yeah. that. yeah 
So maybe that could be the new pitch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, that's it. I mean, if you're going to reuse these clown scare actors from the Simpsons area, they could be thrown into New York with some clowns from Colt. And I think that would make a pretty good scare zone. I definitely agree. And then also I'm hearing things about a potential murder house and coven kind of crossover series. Oh, that right. could work really well. Yeah. And if yeah. if they stay true to what they usually do, that would be coming out next year. Around yeah. October time. So maybe a, there's potential for a house there. Well, it could be a good marketing tool. Um you know, um, it's kind of a shame that the dark universe hasn't taken off. Yes, that's um, that's really, really disappointing. I mean, it's a kind of a shame for me because my publishers got me to write a book about the universal monsters because of dark universe. Mm-hmm. And dark universe doesn't take off. So, you know, hashtag thank you, Tom Cruise. Well, I'll always be a fan of the Universal Monsters, so I'll still buy your books, Chris. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I am. I am really sad though that the Dark Universe is. I think it was quite a large. Um, I think it was quite ambitious thing to 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 have a mission statement of what they were going to do. Uh, I think so, but you know, I. I was all for it. I was like, yes, how how brave. Like, I'm so down for this. And I honestly really loved The Mummy. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. And I was looking forward to seeing a new Frankenstein, a new Bride of Frankenstein. Obviously, the classics will always be the best. But I was really, really excited about this. And I am, I am gutted. I'm hoping that someone's going to come in and fix it. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, in theory, being that it is a universal property, I mean, what would stop them doing a mummy house? That's it. Like, if we had the Tomb of the Ancients house, that was fantastic. Why couldn't we have a mummy house? Well, the, the thing is, is if you look back, if you go back as far as like, I don't know, 2008, maybe um, 2007, they were using some universal properties that nobody had ever heard of like for example dead silence i mean that did absolutely no money whatsoever at the box office um in 2008 they did um doomsday well nobody went and saw that cinema at all i don't even know if you could buy it on dvd um so that you know so i don't think the film's performance necessarily negates it from becoming a a house at having horror nights Mm-mm. particularly if they're going to do more than nine, ten houses, you know, there's there's one they can use without having to... I mean, look at, look at you know, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but one can imagine that probably Bloomhouse, because of all the different films that that production studio has made and all the different people that are involved with every single film, there was probably a lot of discussion that had to happen between a lot of different people to bring that house to Halloween Horror Nights. Whereas you're using something like the mummy, you would assume that that would be slightly easier to bring to the event mm-hmm. um, because it is a universal picture. That's it. So uh, I'd I'd love to see a, 
a mummy house. I'd love to see Blumhouse back next year. They have such a big catalogue of films that I think that could be the new Walking Dead. Yeah. And I think there's just so many different variations of things that they could do. I think we're going to see Blumhouse for a few years. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's, you know... I reckon that's that's definitely possible. I mean, they, as you say, they have so many different films. I actually, um, I got sent a uh, anonymous email, and it was it contained inverted commas, twenty uh, eighteen's Halloween Horror Nights lineup, and uh, this kid this kid basically had put together uh, a fake leaked lineup of houses for twenty eighteen and sent it to me to tell the world. Look, these are the houses. And it was as fake as fake could be. But this guy in his fake lineup actually had the horrors of Bloomhouse 2, the sequel. Um, so well, I just thought it was quite I, funny. I don't think he's a million miles away. Well, this is it. You know, maybe I'm. Maybe it wasn't a fake. Maybe this guy, you know. It'll feel pretty silly when all these houses come up next year. <laughs> well, this is it. The other one he said was coming back was Scream. So I don't know. Well, I mean, I very much enjoyed the screen TV show, so maybe we could... And also, the last episode of the second season was ridiculously good. Like, I think it was, like, film-worthy good. Wow. So, if you watch that, you'll know know where, where I'm at with this. Like, I think that would make a fantastic house. Season two, yeah? Season two, last episode. It's I think it's either split into two or it's one super long one, but it's like about an hour and a half long. And honestly, that would make a really, really good house. Mm. So, you know, maybe it's not all that fake. Maybe. <laughs> We've heard weirder things that have been yeah. true. <laughs> like we have. The scarecrow thing. We didn't ever think it was going to happen. Well, that's and, it. Uh, it happened. I mean, you, you and I learnt about the scarecrow thing very early on, didn't we? We learned about the scarecrow thing in like March. It was March, yeah. <laughs> and we were like, no, sure, surely not, surely not. And what was the first thing I said? They're not growing damn corn again. <laughs> and what happened? Corn and a friggin' hurricane happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's let's save the rest until the next episode then, and I'll give yes. you time to find the rest of your notes, and then we can we can get more into the tour bit, and we'll I'm sure we'll have some more news by then. Yeah, perfect. Paul, anything that you want to bring up before we close? No, I'm good. Just enjoying listening to Chris's <laughs> tales of his story. It just makes me. Uh, Want to go to Halloween Horror Nights again? I've only been once, and I'd like to go back. Well, why don't you come next year and do an RIP tour with us? Yeah, well, you never know. Do it. We'll do a, a Disney Universal After Dark RIP special. <laughs> That'd be good. So, Luke has some new videos out. He has the final Halloween Horror Nights night video out. It's emotional, so prepare yourself before you watch it. And he's also got a video from Bush Gardens. We don't tend to cover Bush Gardens an awful lot, but it's quite close to where Luke lives. So I think he'll most likely have more than one Bush Gardens video. But it's a Christmassy time video, so go and watch that. Get all the Christmas feels. Buy Chris's books. Buy the Universal Monsters one. (laughs) 
Can I also just say, Luke, right? What a nice guy. Luke is an angel. Isn't he the best? He's the, like, most angelic angel. I love Luke more than anything in the world. Like, honestly, I love him so much. And everyone that meets Luke has nothing but lovely things to say about him. He is such an angel. Yeah, he's a good guy. He is very, very good. I'm very, very excited for us to go and spend some more time with him. And Luke Luke can do our RIP tour with us. Yeah, we need someone to um, be the videographer, don't we? Yeah, we'll be too drunk. <laughs> Luke's underage, so he can't drink, so we can count on him. So, on that note, go and listen to this After Dark, and we'll have a new episode out maybe next week, but if not, definitely the week after. So, we will see you guys then. Bye-bye. Toodle See ya. Ta-da. <laughs> Where did you come from? <laughs> Oh. You just nicked us. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network. Oh.